I want my chips with a dip, that's all I know. I don't want my chips plain, I want my chips with a dip. So bring them this. Welcome to The Dip. I'm your host, Ben Slykerman. With me as always, my partner in crime, Adam Elder. What's That's up, right. Adam? Getting ready to touch on this Eastern Conference outlook for this year, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. our perspective standings for the Eastern Conference. How we see these teams finishing up the season, uh, going into the playoffs, and what their seeds are going to be for that. Uh, before we really dive into that, we obviously got to talk about the elephant in the room, Giannis. He signed it, buddy. He signed it. It's done. See, I feel like we should open this up to our audience. We had an entire thing recorded where we were saying Giannis needs to take his time in signing this extension and really show his leverage to Milwaukee and show that he wants them to be serious about contending for a championship. But instead, five days later, Giannis signs the, the max extension and is now saying that he is completely committed to the Bucks. And that he sees himself retiring there, basically. Yeah. Pretty bold choices because I don't trust NBA players when they say that. Because the last guy that came out and said that was Paul George. Paul George was the big free agent signing in 2018 because everybody thought he was just dumping Oklahoma City after one year. But no, he stuck around for one more year, but also claimed that he was staying around for four more years and that he liked it. But instead, he requested the trade. And I just... Have to take that with a grain of salt from Giannis now because does he really see himself sticking it out? What if things start to get worse there? What if they become a worse team and Giannis becomes more figured out in NBA offenses, especially during the, the postseason? And that kind of seems to be the case. I mean, I think people haven't figured out in the postseason already. And it's almost to no fault of his own. I mean, there is the question marks of, okay, you got to develop a mid-range jumper. You got to develop a mid-range jumper and you got to develop a consistent perimeter jumper. But that that part of it is his fault. And like teams can figure him out to a certain degree based off that because like, his he's limited honestly he really is limited when you think about it like as unstoppable yeah. as he is just because of his size and his agility he still is limited that part is his fault however i also think teams figured out what bud's doing in the playoffs as yeah. far as coaching and yeah. they got that shit figured out to a t so unless bud starts making adjustments in the postseason as far as his rotations and his lineups and just how he, they're approaching the game like Nothing's really going to change on that front. These teams are going to even figure it out even better and they could even do worse. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> like you could see a first round exit from these guys. And that's just sad because I mean, I totally agree with you because when Mike Wildenholzer was the head coach in Atlanta, that's what happened is they had these fantastic, or at least for one season, the Atlanta Hawks were a low key super team, or at least everyone tried to make them out to be because they won 60 games. They won, they were on some crazy streak. I think they won like 18 or 19 games in a row at one point. And the Hawks Twitter account changed its name to Hawks with 19 W's. That was basically the <laughs> highlight of that entire run because I feel like I didn't even really care when it was happening. Right. But I mean, quite they frankly, were, I don't remember hearing just, about it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Because they were just one of those fake good teams because those Mike Budenholzer teams live off those, what Zach Lowe would call those cute little screens where they pick and pop and, you know, they run those Kyle Korver type plays where they just shoot threes like that or Giannis off is posting up. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Looks that guys really don't get that often in the playoffs. And they really kind of base their offense off that. And that sucks for them because it gets shut down pretty easily. Like, right. 
it's a kind of D'Antoni-like system, but worse, you know? It's just the the worst outcome of it because Bud also doesn't play his players more than 30 minutes at a time, it seems. He seems like he's just on this extremely strict minutes re- regimen, and I don't know how guys are really okay with that. Right. If I'm Giannis, if I'm only playing 36 minutes in a playoff game, I'm like, coach, I'm at a point in my career where I feel like I'm could be putting up 44 minutes, you know? Don't take me out that often. Like when you have to get into the playoffs, sometimes it gets shaved down to an eight man rotation. Somebody's got to be out there at all times. Well, and that's what bothers me about the situation is like Giannis saying like, well, I'm just doing what coach tells me. Dude, you're Giannis Antetokounmpo. At some point, you got to tell Bud, dude, I'm not coming out of this fucking ball game. Exactly, yeah. If you truly you have it, like you want to lead us on to believe, like you're talking about how when you see a wall, you go through it. Well, Bud limiting your minutes in a fucking playoff game is a wall, dude. Exactly. And you better get through that shit because LeBron's at 35 years old playing the whole damn playoff game pretty much with the exception of a few minutes here or there in the second and third quarter, right? Right. What are you doing, dude? I mean, yeah, because that's how you really prove yourself in the playoffs is you show your durability and your ability to go the distance. You know what I mean? Right. That's what it's all about. Yeah. And... If those guys aren't in rhythm and you depend on those bench guys more, I feel like the bench guys just aren't going to come through that often unless they have a super showing. And their bench got worse. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I never really believed in George Hill. So, I mean, I guess I'm glad that they shipped him off. But I didn't believe in Eric Bledsoe either. Eric Bledsoe always choked. And at this point, it's just part of his character. Like this guy just straight gets shut down in the playoffs by anybody because he can't shoot. He, he can't, can't shoot he can't, and he, he can't really drive either. He disappears yeah. in the playoffs. Like, well, that's the problem too. It's like, yeah, you cleaned out some guys that maybe weren't doing anything, but the problem is, is you didn't bring anything back really. Yeah. For exactly. your bench, at least. And it's so awkward for their entire bench now because how many players did they ship out for Bogdan Bogdanovich? And that trade got canceled. Right. So all those guys knew they were in the deal and basically got the text messages like, uh, you're done. You know, you're going to, <laughs> lo- or you're moving to Sacramento. They probably like just got back to their place that night. Like, well, I got to guess I got to pack everything up. Start and figuring then out what I'm going to do. Yeah. Three days later, you get a text message saying, oh, hey, that trade failed. So you're actually coming back to Milwaukee. Like, that's awkward. That's an awkward situation exactly. to walk into. I feel like that's an underrated topic right now, actually. Like, yeah. I haven't heard anyone else really address that. So bravo to you. That's actually a really <laughs> interesting thought. Like, but isn't real. it though? Isn't it? Yeah. Because no, like 100 percent is. It's awkward for the Bucks as an organization because they literally got spurned by a player that was at least yeah, how's decent Don, how free does agent. How DiVincenzo feel? Exactly, yeah, because everybody was like, I mean, oh, he's a Milwaukee, major upgrade. Milwaukee over, loves him. Milwaukee loves him. Milwaukee was trying to ship him for Bogdan. Exactly. Now he's got to But there's back. also a price to pay for young other players, too. Sometimes you got to, that's the thing. You got to break the chemistry and give up a guy. Well, and these guys are professionals and adults, so they should be able to handle it. But I'm just saying, like, exactly. And you they think should, they should be able to handle it, is the key word. It's just the callousness of the NBA business sometimes seems like it'd be kind of tough to manage. But it's just like what you said, though. It's a cold reality for these guys. And like, I mean, that's just part of the game is you have to be a professional enough to address it. And And maybe that's how the Bucks are dealing with it right now. They're like, all right, yeah, we understand like you had to get this done. But from that first glance, that has to be at least a little bit awkward, though, for them. Mm -hmm. Like it has to leave an effect on them. Yeah, there has to be some form of tension there. Um, which we can really dive into like the real issues of this team once we start doing these uh, standings. Uh, but man, they locked him up for five years. Uh, what was it? 228 million. Yeah. A lot of money, a lot of money, um, which I was shocked because he could sign the same contract at the end of this season. So I figured you would at least want to see how it goes and then sign it. But this actually leads me to believe that he does legitimately feel like he's going to win a championship there. Maybe he is going to try to do it like Dirk, you know what I mean? And yeah. just fully commit. Yeah. But if nothing else, like that's how I feel now, but if nothing else at the end of the day, after this season, two seasons, three seasons, whatever it takes, I mean, actually he has an, he has an opt-out after the fourth year anyway. Right. If he wants out, he can get out. So he, he put in a contractual scapegoat right there. But even if he wants to, dude, he can Anthony Davis's way right out of there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. So, like, even if after this season he doesn't want to, like, he, he could force his way out, and teams will trade for him. Teams will throw everything and the kitchen sink at Milwaukee to get him. I really, I really believe that. So this extent, yes, this extension he signed were five years, two hundred twenty-eight million dollars. 
This upcoming season, he's making 27 million. 25, 26 NBA season. $51.9 million. That's the fifth and year. And that's a player option. That That's if he would opt in for that fifth year. Right. How do you not? I personally seen him. I, I see him being traded from Milwaukee at the most after two more seasons. Really? I think they, I don't see that happening. I think they eat shit again and he gets traded. I or, feel like Milwaukee doesn't want a LeBron situation, so they're going to keep him however they can, basically. They know that's their one chance to, like... It's true, and if, he he made those interesting points about, like, well, if KD or LeBron wants to come and play here, then that's fine. I don't mind being the second or third guy on a team, but I'm going to do it here in Milwaukee. Like, he recently yeah. said that, too. So, like, maybe there's a chance that someone does want to go play with Giannis rather than Giannis coming to them. Like, what if Luka wants out of Dallas and wants to go play in Milwaukee? Like everyone, crazy. you know what I mean? Everyone keeps like saying that Giannis know, was going to go to Dallas, but like, what if it's the other way around? It could happen, know, but like, I, I see that being less likely personally. But anyway, I mean, we can really dive into the, 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 the nitty gritty details on the bucks. Once we get into the rankings here, I don't want to get too long winded on this, but oh, he signed sure. it. But ESPN, yeah, can, ESPN can finally crazy. shut the fuck up. <laughs> that's, da- I mean, that's Damian Lillard money. That is Dame Lillard money. Exactly. But yeah, ESPN can finally find a new topic to talk about. Finally, thank God. <laughs> but yeah, we got these. Uh, exactly. <laughs> we can uh, start with our breakdown of the standings here. And I feel like I'll kick it off here. Um, the most middle of the road team in the entire NBA. I see them finishing at the 11 spot. That's the Orlando Magic. And Damn, you're ranking an 11th seed? Yeah, because... <laughs> I don't even have an 11th seed ranked. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah, that's fine, though. The East is going to be closer than it has in most years, but I feel like... But when the East is close, it's usually because it's a bunch of mediocre teams. I think the 4 to, like, 7th seed is close. Yeah, usually. Just because, like, you said it's a bunch of mediocre teams, so they're all pretty, pretty much on the pretty same level. Pretty much middling level. out kind of teams, yeah. Yeah, they're all pretty much at the same level, so... Uh, I, it's funny that you said you had them at 11 though, because I almost had them at my 10th seed, the Orlando magic. So like, although I didn't write down an 11th seed, like theoretically they would have been bumped to my 11th seed because I ended up putting someone else at 10. So like they kind of are my 11th seed too. I mean, they got, uh, Aaron Gordon, Markel Fultz, uh, Wesley and Windu. That's how you pronounce his last name. I think I fucked yeah. that up. Uh, Markel Fultz is a huge letdown. <laughs> I mean, yeah, he because he seemed like he was going to be this like scoring machine when he came out of Washington. He actually seemed like he had some decent like pull up game and three game, but he has absolutely no shooting form at all. I mean, it's been it's been getting better, and he's like approaching respectable from there. I was gonna say he, sh- he showed flashes last season. Exactly. I, heard. I didn't. I mean, I didn't pay attention to them at all, but I mean, I heard people talking about Markel and. Allegedly, he showed flashes of improvement last year. So, I mean, maybe he could take a step forward. Yeah. If you want to set the alarm off here, too, I got another hot take coming up. Hot take, hot take. You know about the um, Markel Fultz controversy then, right? You know, the full extent of that. Basically, he kind of uh, seemed like he was spurning Philadelphia because he didn't like it there. But at the same time, he seems to have a legitimate nerve injury which almost could be psychosomatic if some people want to go that far so some people were questioning whether he really had a real injury and either was suffering some from some kind of like stage fright or some kind of just his life outside the game was affecting him a lot or something like his personal life was affecting his on court exactly yeah and it's tough to hold that against him well yeah for sure i'm not trying to like put him in the spotlight for that happening to him but like he had a lot of promise on him and it just seemed like he couldn't shoot coming into the league like Mm -hmm. he had so much like he did not look confident in his shot at all and he had no form either right so he basically was just throwing it up every time multiple times it looks like he would pump fake a free throw because he didn't know when to release it and it was just it made you cringe to watch so, I mean, he had those kind of expectations because he was the number one overall pick, too. Yeah. So, kind of like mean, Andrew Wiggins-esque fall, Andrew right? Wiggins is a lot better than, well, I mean, yeah, sort of. Andrew Wiggins did have a pretty bad drop-off. Andrew Wiggins definitely is posting way more numbers than Markel, but, I mean, in the terms of, like, inconsistency, like, yeah, one night Andrew Wiggins is going to give you 24 points, and then the next night he's going to give you 10 and barely shoot the ball, so. Exactly. Yeah, I mean... 
the poor Orlando Magic, man. I guess that's yeah. all you can really say. They're the year they're kind of banking season. on him. Exactly. Yeah. I would like to see Aaron Gordon get moved to like a championship team and be like the third or fourth guy on a championship team because I feel like he's best fit for that. And Orlando isn't anywhere near a championship team. I think team, the Warriors so. should trade Andrew Wiggins for Aaron Gordon. Straight up. Yeah. And then they run a lineup of Curry, Ubre, Curry, Ubre, Gordon, Draymond, Draymond's, and Wiseman. That's a pretty good lineup. And I have a lot more confidence in that because Aaron Gordon at least tries. Yeah, isn't Draymond like, going to be, wouldn't you almost be bumping Draymond to the three at that point, though? And no, Gordon would be no, I'd, keep, I'd make Gordon move to the three, actually, because I think he's a lot faster than Draymond. he needs to be for a four. And he's also kind of undersized. I think Aaron Gordon is only like six, six or six, seven. So he's not that big of a power forward. But right. I feel like what the Warriors really need for their offense, because I feel like they have a lot of shooters right now. Mm-hmm. What they need is that athletic presence. And he could be that guy that's, I mean, Ubre is a pretty good. See, athletic I disagree. Presence. I think they're way overly athlete right now and not really. Yeah, I don't think they have enough shooting. Personally, I think Uber is going to step up in, sh- in terms of shooting. I hope he does for their sake. Yeah. <laughs> uh, well, we can move on to the uh, 10th seed. I had the Charlotte Hornets at number 10. Uh, they just slightly edged out the Orlando Magic here for me. I have a couple of question marks. Uh, can Hayward stay healthy and can LaMelo develop a shot? Because I don't know if you've seen LaMelo's highlights, but like the dude can't shoot the ball. No, An amazing he- assist, though. He is a, he's a great, great passer. Yes. But I'm pretty sure I saw a highlight of him the other night where it wasn't even his highlight or low light. He was just the one that initiated the play. He went up for a floater attempting to shoot the ball, I guess, at the basket, but instead hit like four inches off to the side to the glass. And I was like, what? I don't know if he was trying to go for an off the backboard lob to somebody, but it definitely looked like he was just trying to put up a floater. And I was like, how can his touch be that bad? He his shot looks worse than Lonzo when Lonzo oh, first, when, the, when Lonzo first came in the league. His shot looks worse than that. So that's a huge question mark. Um, but his assists are going to be crazy that this year. And I think if like some of their role players can just step up, like he's going to find you. He's going to yeah. find you for shots and opportunities to score. So as long as other guys can capitalize, uh, Devonte Graham was another question mark for me. I was like, what's going to happen to him? Cause last year he had, uh, and I routed these up, um, 18 points, uh, three rebounds and seven assists last year. He was like their second best guy behind, That's uh, pretty good. behind Terry Rozier. Yeah. Um, I think Terry Rozier really gets lost now. And I think Devonte, I, I would put more faith in Devonte Graham. as like a third guy with, uh, LaMelo or and do they see, I feel like Charlotte probably sees themselves always running a three-man rotation of those guys at point guard and shooting guard because they ran a lot of Rogier and Graham on the floor last season where they had just two scoring point guards out there and then right. three forwards. Granted, they weren't very good, but those guys still, I mean, they would still get theirs a little bit. You know, Hayward can play make a little bit too. So yeah, I mean, Hayward's going to be interesting for them. I put them as definitely a very bad at Hayward as a very bad acquisition. Yes. But I mean, it low key could, it could change things for them yes. because he's a good playmaker. Yeah. When it comes down to it, he's a good playmaker. And that's, that's what he was doing for the Celtics. Right. So LaMelo like, and Hayward are both going to be, being really good playmakers. I mean, LaMelo, obviously probably a little bit more than Hayward because of his passing ability, but I don't know. It's just, they're the 10 seed for me. <laughs> like They're not going to yeah, do much better than that. And no, I don't think so. Either. That's just where I got. Who, who'd you have at 10? I don't want to get too long. I have Atlanta. Points. So Atlanta? I have Atlanta, but then I have Charlotte at nine. Oh, you're so. hurting my Hawks, man. Not even that I like them, but I got them way higher than that. I got a hot I take. Know. I, I got don't. a hot take on the Hawks. So we'll, we'll save that. Oh, great. I'll, we I'll let you. Uh, well, I have a realistic take on the Atlanta Hawks. And I ouch. think that their defense, <laughs> <laughs> I feel like their defense is really going to be suffering this season again, because I don't think Bogdan Bogdanovich is really known for his defense. Trey Young certainly is not. Bogdan is, from the accusations they made, Bogdan is their best, is actually the best defender they pulled in. He's, be, he's a better defender than Gallo, who? Gallo and Rondo. Okay, well, I mean, Rondo is okay, I guess. Rondo's probably okay at this point. Rondo locked in on defense because he was playing on a championship contending team in the Lakers whose whole no, identity he's was defense. He's not playing on a championship team now. And their identity is not defense. Yeah. Is this guy really going to be focused on defense? Probably not. I bet Rondo's probably just looking to get a couple easy assists out there. He's a good, he's a I great I think he's looking to maker. score. 
I think Rondo got a big dick about taking uh, handles to the rim after this season. Probably, yeah. Because he had a lot of nice finishes at the rim, you know what I mean? I feel like he thinks like that's... And not that that wasn't part of his game before, but like I think he revitalized that part of his game this past year. So he probably thinks that's like... Something coming back. Do. Yeah, coming yeah. back. I don't know. You continue though on your thoughts on their defense because their defense is atrocious. I was just I was sticking up for Bogey, man. That's all. <laughs> I mean, I can't be I'm not a testament to someone that's ever watched a lot of his career, anyways. I've Me seen, neither, but I've seen highlights. Exactly, yeah. And he looks entertaining. I don't know. He would have been a good piece for the Bucks, but here on the Hawks, I don't know. I mean, I feel like He's a good pickup for them in terms of what their offense is going to need. And he might be a good culture fit too. I bet like now that he's going to be looked at as that scoring guy for the Hawks, he's probably going to be a lot happier because he was not really feeling that identity in Sacramento. No, he, I feel like he felt pretty isolated because one Sacramento also has buddy healed and there was that benched, whole issue. They yeah. didn't know what. Yeah. And the thing is, is that they paid Buddy Heald, but then benched him like almost all of last season. I did not understand that. Like, do they think he's coming off the bench scoring like he's that great at scoring? I mean, yeah, granted, he I think he had close to 20 points per game last year. Yeah. And hit like a record high amount of threes. Right. But I feel like you need to start the game with that guy. He has to be out there like getting in rhythm early. Like. Well, and and like, I, don't know I feel if like they worked, was enough to sacrifice for that. Like, was his no, game really that much better for the system? Because well, they Buddy, still weren't winning. You know? No, they weren't winning. And I feel like Buddy Heald fit the identity of like, they're really good moving quick. Like they're yeah, a fast exactly. team. Like yeah. in transition, they're really good. In fact, they were like w- beating up on the Warriors the other night in transition. They actually ended up beating the Warriors in that preseason game. Yeah. Um, but De'Aaron Fox in transition is scary. And like, I remember them saying that was something that was weird about Luke Walton when he came in there because like he changed that. Like he stopped running them like super fast, which would make sense because Buddy Heald got benched and Bogdan was getting minutes. So like Buddy Heald fits the system of a quicker offense better. And that's when they're a better offense was right. when they play quick. So like, why are you benching healed? He should definitely be starting, but don't want to get too off topic there. Uh, Atlanta, their offense is going to be fun. That's where it comes yeah, from. Their offense is going to be fun to watch. They got Trey Young. You got Bogdan. You got Gallo. Like, that's just a fun offense. John Collins is on there too. Clint Capella. Like, they're a fun team, but it's like you said, like their defense is so bad that they may score yeah. 141 night, but the next night they're going to, give up 150 so exactly yeah what i mean it's it's rough but i actually have an extremely hot take about them so i'll just save that Uh-oh. uh who'd you have at number nine buddy um number nine i had charlotte so i mean there's not much more to be said there about them because yeah. i mean i don't know i feel like we'll see what Lamelo ball is made of in the regular season i feel like we'll try to we'll probably see him take on an actual role than running the scrimmages that he's been doing in the preseason. Basically he's been running baseline to baseline drills is what it seems. All he's doing is looking for open guys in transition and, you know, not really setting up things in the half court at all. So yeah, they're playing pickup games pretty much. Exactly. Yeah. And that's what the preseason is. So you can't judge too much off of it, but right. Uh, yeah, I mean, I could see them maybe being the ninth seed, but honestly, I really do think their ceiling is the 10th seed. Uh, well, I was just going to touch back one thing about the Charlotte Hornets, and that was um, Gordon Hayward ha- is hurt again. He got hurt last night, and I guess he broke his pinky. So, I mean... I wish you guys could see my f- right? my reaction to what, what Adam just said. Like, yeah. it was just like a, a shake my head moment. Like, if I could put my reaction into words, it's That's SMH. what I did, too, as soon as I <laughs> SMH, saw it. Dude. Like, it's just like... Everybody was trying to boost him up after he signed that contract with them. You know, he's like, he's good. he's a good piece for them, whatever. So, you know, there was definitely people out there supporting that move. He's going to play like what? One, one season out of three. And yet, and it's going to be divided between three seasons too. Like he'll play the equivalent of one season <laughs> spread across three seasons. Like, good God, dude. He's there's some kind of curse on him at this point because he has this like minor fracture in like the base of his pinky. So like (laughs) some people said he could be out for like two to three weeks. 
And, like, and is that shit going to be happening all God, season? Like, exactly. They, they yeah. could drop out of the ninth and the tenth seed, bro. Exactly. They and they might the not 11. even be in the play in. Like, they may give Orlando a shot. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Uh, well, to move on, I had uh, the Indiana Pacers at number nine. And sh- basically, strictly based off the fact that they have like the most continuity out of the, like these, like, well, not the most continuity, but like they kept continuity. So, like, that's why I see them still holding on and being in the play in tournament. But dropping to nine, that's a drop for them. Yeah. But I think there's still enough talent on that team that they can limp to the ninth seed. Uh, my question mark here is can Oladipo reach an NBA, an all NBA caliber? Uh, season again like can he does he have that in him if he does I could see them doing a little bit better than the nine seed but like this team always competes if nothing else right but I do see them like dropping just because I feel like your higher seeds got a little bit stronger yeah Um, and I don't know who you had at number nine or if you had any thoughts on uh, Indiana there I know Oladipo is a huge question mark man and that's my biggest gripe with them I mean it would be a huge drop off for them like you said and they have guys that can step up. I feel like they have good system players because they have um, Jeremy Lamb. They have TJ Warren. Miles Turner is a positive on Malcolm offense. Brogdon is yeah. Malcolm a good Brogdon player. is good. They have a pretty decent team and they have continuity. Exactly. Like these yeah. guys have been playing together. Exactly. Yeah. Like they. I feel like I saw a statistic about um, percentage of retained minutes from last season, and and like the bottom three was the Lakers, but in the, I think the only team that returned more than 90% of their minutes last season was the Pacers. Right. So what you said that, yeah, they have extreme example of continuity. Yeah. Like they were that frame of that, but like they fell pretty hard in the playoffs against mm-hmm. who they, they played the heat and they got swept. I'm pretty they got sure. Swept. No, they, they got swept. It just shows their game really didn't hold up for the playoffs at all. No. I mean, I don't know. Do you really want all those guys returning? Right. Right. Do you need to maybe shake something up? Because yes, you have talented players for the regular season that do get the job done. But on the other side of that, if you're just going to keep falling in the playoffs, I mean, I guess they can't really see themselves as having too little success because they did make it. Well, I mean, you were the four seed, but you got bounced in the first round. So it's like, what do you weigh as important? Do you weigh that four seed as being really important? Like working really hard for that four seed to get swept in the first round. Like, do you see that as success or would you rather look to shake things up a little bit and maybe rebuild and retool and maybe drop in the playoffs, but uh, work back up within a couple of years to a stronger team that's fit for a postseason run? I don't know. Right. I don't want to get too stuck on Indiana. I'll let you go ahead and... But it should be said, though, because, I mean, that's how it is, because Indiana took LeBron to seven games into the 2018 playoffs, and... That was Oladipo's All-NBA season, wasn't it? Yeah, exactly. They took LeBron to seven games. Um, I think they they lost to Boston the next year, which was Kyrie's last year playing for the Celtics in the playoffs, and we all know how that went. Kyrie decided to give up the next series... Yeah, against like, Milwaukee. It pretty much didn't go as well yeah, how, how, it, exactly. how it went. <laughs> so, I mean, they had a tough, they played a competent, at least Kyrie Irving, Boston Celtics team and lost to them. And then of course, last year they lost to Jimmy Butler and the Miami Heat. So you could also argue that they're facing tougher competition in the playoffs, which I mean, that's just how it is though. You have to face, you have to step up to the competition. Right. But like, well, isn't your obvious answer to that, that veteran players for the postseason? Like wouldn't your obvious reaction to that is yeah. bring in some veteran talent for the postseason? Exactly. Which that they no. continue to not do. So I don't know. Who'd you have at eight? Indianapolis. <laughs> really? That's yeah, so funny. We keep going back and forth like that. Because That's I don't hilarious. see them falling off as hard, but I see them still making the playoffs. Because I don't know. I think Oladipo probably won't be back to that all NBA form at any point in his career. But I think he can probably get at least 75% there. Because of that season, he should always have confidence that in his game. You know what I mean? He really showed himself that he could be a top five shooting guard in the NBA if he really. I mean, if you compete against himself. LeBron like that, you should feel pretty good about yourself. Exactly. And <laughs> I mean, that should be a good standard to hold it to. <laughs> the real reason he's been hampered is just injuries. So those injuries take away his confidence, though. So that just, I mean, that's just tough for him. I mean, not only confidence, I mean, it can legitimately take away your ability exactly, to be athletic yeah. too. Yeah. Like uh, confidence factor aside, like the physical repercussions are real. And I mean, seem to be manifesting themselves. He was kind of like, 
fucking shit up for them in the bubble. If I he was almost like a detriment to their offense at times. Oh yeah, I thought you meant like he was going off. I was like, no, 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 no. <laughs> no, I mean like he was almost like an issue. Yeah, in their no, system. So hopefully that gets worked out. And maybe that was probably just. I mean, everyone was. That was a weird, a weird time. So you, it's a, it's a weird sample size to base anything off of. But let me. Uh, I'm gonna pull up his bubble statistics here real quick. Okay. So he only played five games in the bubble. Five games, he scored 16 points per game off of 40% field goal percentage and 34% three-point percentage, taking six threes a game and taking 14 shots a game. That's not bad. Like, that's not... I mean, but numbers also don't tell the whole story. Exactly. He could be out there playing with no energy and no pace, really, and and just playing for himself. And those 14 shots, like, how smart were those 14 shots? Exactly, yeah. Exactly. Yeah, I don't know. That's uh, from the, the from the times that I watched that series, um, which I only watched maybe like a game or two, and then just saw like clips of the other ones. Like he just wasn't like that impressive. Like I don't know. Uh, it's just so many questions there. At number eight, I had the Washington Wizards. I actually really like having them at eight. I could see them exceeding higher than that. Uh, right. But Russ alone can limp you to an eight seed. I feel like so. Like Russ and Beal together. I think it's going to be entertaining. Yeah. You have no, Russ, definitely will. Russ and Beal and some guys. Like, that seems like an entertaining basketball team to me. Uh, I personally think Beal is going to be moved after this season, if n- potentially even before the deadline. But I think it's going to be at least one season of him and Russ. I really do feel that. But I feel like this is going to be an entertaining season nonetheless. Yeah. Like, no, definitely. Beal put up 30 points uh, a game. He averaged 30 points a game last season. The dude is crazy offensively. Yeah. Absolutely crazy. And we all know what Russ can do. Like as he does have his issues, but we know that dude can eat and go out and find a bucket whenever he needs to, for the most part. I feel like I've always taken a hit in my own personal life because Russell Westbrook has always been one of my favorite players in the NBA. And I've always backed Russ. And to see him fall like he did last season in the playoffs just really sucked. He has so much fun though playing. Like I don't know how you can't not enjoy watching him play. Right, yeah. Like the dude loves basketball. Like he 100% fully loves basketball probably more so than a decent percentage of the dudes that are playing the game yeah. at a professional level like that dude legitimately just loves basketball and you can tell uh Buell is an absolute bucket he's a baller uh davis bertans i had a little note on him um last season average 15 points five rebounds two assists um everybody worships him as just like a lights out shooter I don't think 15 points a game really dictates yourself yeah. as a lights-out shooter. Yeah, um, yeah. Depends on what kind of looks you're taking, though. Right. Like, What's his role in the offense? Right, but I think with Russ and Beal, like a 15-point per game for Davis Burton, that makes sense. That's, That's like your third good, guy. Though. That's your third guy. So I think he's going to slide into that role f- fairly well. Will he want to slide into that role, though? Is the question? Yeah, because I feel I think like he will. I think NBA Twitter's like in the NBA like internet is really just hype on him though. Like I keep hearing people saying he's a lights lights out shooter, and I'm like, I don't really. I guess I don't know well enough to truly speak. Yeah, we need some more exposure to the Washington Wizards to begin with. Because, I mean, I did see a couple like just here and there highlights of him, and I mean, yeah, he's a good deep shooter, and like that was really it. I don't really know much else about him. It seems like. I don't really know if he has any kind of inside game or anything, but yeah. I mean, seems like a lot of a wild guy. card for them though. He'll be a wild card for them okay. at best. Yeah. But I mean, I feel like the wizards also have a good piece and um, they have Rui Hachimura and they also have Thomas Bryant. Now Hachimura is and Mo Wagner. And Mo Wagner. Yeah. Which I don't know if I really believe in him yet. He's slow. <laughs> yeah. He is pretty slow. He's slow. Um, that'll probably end up being their starting lineup would be Russ Beal. Hachimura, Bertans, Bertans, and uh, Thomas Bryant. That's pretty good offensively, but the last three guys are not good defensively. So I feel like that's well, going to be Russ, a detriment to them. Russ is a liability on defense. Not really, though. For certain He's matchups. He's an average defender. There are certain matchups, though, where he is absolutely a liability. Yeah. Anyway, moving on. Who'd you have at number seven? Washington. But, um... I know this one's not going to be the same as yours because I have the Miami Heat at number six. And I feel like they're kind of going to fall off a little bit because they didn't retain an important piece to them, which was... Um, Jay Crowder. Jay Crowder. And That's we discussed it. earlier before how they added Avery Bradley. 
I wasn't all impressed with those moves. So, I mean, I see them coming back to about the sixth seed. Talk now, about lights they, out, lights out shooting. Jay oh, yeah. Crowder in the bubble. Holy I fuck. I know, yeah. Now, that's a small sample size. I don't think we can base everything off that. He was trying to pull like that last night against the Lakers, too, and he kept missing. Oh, so really? So, I was like, are we going to be seeing a lot of this? Like, did he... Did I think he, he's just that kind of shooter, though. He's yeah. that kind of shooter where he he's gets fearless. Hot and, cold. and I think he's he's a fearless shooter too, because I mean he catches and shoots. The minute he catches the ball, it's out of his hands. Exactly. Like he doesn't hesitate. But I actually have a personal Jay Crowder story. Oh God! The only game that I've ever seen in person in the NBA was when Jay Crowder played for the Utah Jazz, and this <laughs> man personally hit four threes in the second half in the third quarter. And I was pretty much just in awe because Jay Crowder, after he hit his fourth three, it was personal for him, though, because he played on the Cavs the season before that. And Kyle Korver played for the Cavs, too. But the Cavs didn't bring him back. But when Kyle Korver got announced, everybody clapped for him. And they kind of played like a little like a. Uh, like retrospective video for Kyle Korver's time in Cleveland, which wasn't that great. So I'm like. Why, are, you why are we doing this? I right. was like, why are we doing this for Kyle Korver of all people? And I was like, whatever. We and then Jay Crowder's just getting then, snubbed. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Jay Crowder got snubbed. And after Jay Crowder hit his 4-3, and the Jabs were on this huge run. I actually think they went on the largest run in franchise history against the Cavs in the third quarter. Damn. Yeah, exactly. They were going off. And Jay Crowder was a huge part of that. And after he hits his 4-3, he turns around and looks right up at the stands and just beats his chest like four times and just flexes on everybody. Oh, and man. nobody says a thing. Everybody what are you going to say? Just like, oh, shit. Like, yeah, what are you going to say? You can't say, you can't respond to that. Exactly. That's ice in the vein, bud. He just turned around with absolutely no regard and just went, it's <laughs> like right at all of us. And we were like, okay, all uh, right. That's hilarious. You got Miami dropping though. Yeah. For for that loss of Crowder, but they brought in Bradley, man. Bradley's a good player. I mean, yeah, we've talked about it before. Avery Bradley's going to be a good piece for them, but I don't know. Like, doesn't do the same role as doesn't do the same role as Crowder. Doesn't fill that hole. That's the oh yeah, I I would agree with that. Um, Defensively, for sure. Tyler Harrow is a question mark for me. I don't know how good he's going to be. Yes, he balled out in the bubble and had really great moments, but. Again, this is a small Did sample he, size. Yeah. He had some moments like that, though, too, before the bubble as well. My thing on Tyler Harrow is I think he's this. just that kind of player, though. He's that kind of, like, flashy player that's going to get that kind of attention, you know? Yeah, he I agree. He hits those transition threes. He hits those crazy layups and floaters, floaters and stuff. And yeah. He, and he's young, too, so it looks like he's... How old is he? Like, 20? He's, he's real young. I mean, for one, physically, he's going to have to bulk up. He's going oh, to have yeah, to get definitely. stronger, which I think will happen naturally. Not worried about that not happening. For me, and what's bothering me about this Harrow narrative that's going around right now is like people that are high on the Miami Heat want to keep saying like, oh, he, he he's had time to work in the offseason. 71 days. This guy had time to, yeah. this guy had time to take a, like a significant leap in his game of basketball in 71 days. Yeah. Get the fuck out of here. His his offseason was cut in half and right. then some. So, no, I don't think like he's probably been resting more than anything. You know what I mean? He's probably he probably haven't been working out hard up until like two weeks ago. Yeah. like The dude's probably been chilling and resting. Like what time has he had to actually improve his game? Like they haven't had an offseason. So I just think that's like a bullshit narrative that people are pushing right now just because they're high on what he did in the bubble. And I'm like, you're putting way too many expectations on a really young player. And that can hurt him overall. Like these expectations you're throwing on this kid can hurt him now. But he did get a taste of like competing at a championship level. So that's probably going to help him from a confidence standpoint. But I hope it doesn't. That's like when NBA players taste blood. Yeah, I hope it doesn't. That run at a championship, you know what I mean? You know. You know now. You have that taste, but hopefully that doesn't make him too overconfident though too yeah definitely not and it kind of seems like he's shifting that way right but i mean and quite frankly if you can get james harden in a trade and you got to drop harrow to do it yeah you do, do it. it and i have that note in my i had that in my notes i was like i said james harden question mark and i'm like well harrow would be in that deal yeah you do it because exactly. harden lines up with butler timeline wise age wise you get these guys at their peak together let's do it 
Exactly. Yeah. In my opinion, let's do it. You got, but you have Butler eating in the mid range and you have Harden eating on the perimeter and then you fill up the rest. The only problem with that is I don't think Harden is a Miami guy. Ironic as that I is because of how much he would well there, but I think like his, uh, like obviously in the club scene, he would fit in just yeah, fine. Exactly. But I mean, like team identity wise, like, I don't think he's oh, got yeah, that where they grind. Get buy in on defense. I don't think stuff. he's a Pat Riley guy. You know what I mean? Cause that's what worked so well with the Miami heat last season. And that's why they made it so far is because everyone on that team was bought in on the identity. They were fully sold on committing on defense, just playing hard. Exactly. Yeah. Just, just playing, playing hard, hard and playing ends. within the system that, Spolstra. Uh, Spolstra has right, which is that almost Golden State Warriors type offense where guys are cutting and making open, th- like getting open threes in rhythm and stuff. But it's know? dynamic too. Like he's exactly. got a very dynamic coaching style. Yeah, like he is not afraid to make adjustments when adjustments are needed, especially to be made. defensively. Yeah, especially defensively, he's very knowledgeable of that. Um, I could see them dropping though. Um, that's I would reasonable. say I have them in their floor position. Yeah. Like yeah, the sixty would be the worst case scenario. For That's kind of how I did all my guys too. Is like I have them at like what their floor would be, at least for like this bottom, these bottom seeds. Yeah, uh, number seven for me was the Toronto Raptors. Um, I have them dropping big time. Um, the main question mark here is how are they going to play in Tampa? Like, granted, there's no fans in the arena anyway, so like you don't have like home court advantage. But like these guys are going to be even more out of their element than they already would be without fans in Toronto. Like now you're without fans and you're in Tampa. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) like exactly. I I feel like that's going to hurt them to some degree. Um, Other question marks I had is Kyle Lowry. Like theoretically, he's probably going to be like declining at this point in his career, but he also hasn't really shown that either. Like, yeah. So I don't know if he will, but I think it is like a concern. He's still one of the best point guards in the league. That's undisputable. He's a champion. He's proven like 100%. He's a great veteran piece on your team. I just, I really do think he's going to start declining. Is this the season that you really start to hand the keys to Van Fleet? I think so. With the money that you're paying Van Fleet now, you better start handing the keys to Van Fleet as far as running your offense personally. So hopefully Van Fleet can step up to that role. Uh, Can Pascal really take a leap to be a top 10 player this season too? Can he? I don't think he has that. I don't think he has that in him. I don't think he's ever going to be a top 10 player. Top 20, top 15. Yeah. He's that good complimentary piece. That's still a star. He's the third or fourth guy on a championship team. I think he could be the second guy on a championship team. I think four, he could be a part is of being, a crazy Four is tandem. hurting him. I would say third. I would say third guy. Third I would guy. like to see him next to a passing big that can play good post defense. Marcus Saul, but they lost Marcus Saul, of course. They lost Marcus Saul and Ibaka, and that's two reasons I have them dropping here too. That's big reasons I have them dropping. If Siakam played for the Lakers and was able to run a front court of Davis and Siakam, have Davis buy in on playing center for finally, you know what I mean? Look at the size with Davis, LeBron, and Siakam on the floor. Yeah, holy shit! Six eight, six nine, six ten. Holy shit! That's a huge team. Yeah. And they're solid. But you know what I mean? Like Davis would open it up because teams already are going to respect his, his range at this point. Pascal's stretching your floor because Davis is going to want to eat in the mid range more. Right. Pascal, Pascal would stretch your floor at that point. But that's the kind of role that I could see Pascal playing on offense though, is him being that complimentary player that opens up the floor for everybody else. Right. And Imagine, if he wants to, like, he can pump fake and then take it to the rim and do that goofy-ass lanky moves he's got down there. And yeah, and it. I like those moves right. he has, too, because yeah. I don't know how he misses any layups. I feel like he always has good looks at him. Um, I don't know. I just I really do see them dropping just because I think the teams at the top are going to be competing a little bit harder, and I don't know. I just... Yeah, I think... Uh, yeah, there's teams I have above them that are definitely... Yeah. I have more hopes for I guess yeah and they're two now they're going to be what two seasons removed from a championship run like they're still going to compete they're still running off of that energy for sure but I just have too many question marks across the board for their team like like even if you do hand the keys to Fred Van Fleet what does that really do for you you know what I mean yeah like is he really gonna elevate you to a top three seed I don't think so I would say I almost have them in a surprising seed for you then because I don't have them having that bad of a season well, I kind of see them returning to form, but yeah, we can get what you were saying. I say we can, uh, we'll touch on that when you get there. All right. So moving on, uh, I'll go ahead and hit my sixth seed here. Uh, and this is my hot take, hot take alert. 
I had the Atlanta Hawks at number six. Of course. Yep. I said this offense is going to be fucking entertaining. That was my note. note. Um, I think Trey Young will continue to improve, and I think he can at least try and consciously defend. You know what I mean? Yeah, he could probably step it up at least some, you know? Like, he's going to get smoked in most matchups, but, like, if he at least tries, like, at least try, and you're going to be decent. Like, nothing else. Um, Gallo and Rondo are nice pieces for this team, but I feel like Rondo was overpaid for what he actually is probably going to give you on the court. Like, is Rondo, we already talked about this, is Rondo really going to be locked in with the Atlanta Hawks? But... Yeah. I don't know. Maybe he will if they are competing for like the sixth seed. Maybe he will be like super locked in and it could be a big part of why they could reach the sixth seed. I do think the sixth seed is their absolute ceiling though. So I do think I'm giving them their ceiling rather than their floor. Uh, I think their floor could quite easily be the 10 seed, ironically. Yikes. Yeah, uh, I know. That's but, why I had them so low. Right. That's why you had them low. Um, but that's their offense is why I have them this high. Um, and I just think they're going to be entertaining and it's just a hot take. I thought it would be fun for the podcast. <laughs> uh, but who, uh, who'd you have at number five? Cause you had Miami at six. Number five. I have Boston, the Boston Celtics. Ouch. And like, you don't believe in them. That's what you always say. I feel, well, yeah, it just, see, they're kind of a different team because I feel like they, do well in the regular season. You know, they hold their own, but they're not like a blow away team. Yeah, they're and, not just absolutely blowing people out of the water. Yeah, exactly. They actually have a lot of close games. But then they put in work in the playoffs. The core of Jalen Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum has taken them to the Eastern Conference Finals. They're a good duo. Two times in three years. They're a good duo. Yeah. Yeah. And they have Kimba Walker. And I feel like he's an X factor for them. I don't think he's going to be the absolute answer to all their problems. What's going on with those knees, boy? Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> a lot of people are even wondering if Kemba's going to start the season. Yeah. Yeah. No. I and that is a huge question mark for them. Kemba's going to get moved, in my opinion, if someone will take him, and they can get what they want. Yeah, back. but who do they get? Who do they get for him? Well, that's that's the thing. Like, he'll get moved if they can get back what they want. And someone else actually wants him. You know what I mean? It's going to have to be the right situation, but I see it happening personally. I feel like they probably have to move smart at the same time too. And that sucks because you're going to have to throw someone in that deal yeah, to sweeten it because no one's going to want to just take Kimba alone at this point. Unless it's the Cavs. I think he's dropped his stock too. What if the Bulls were like, okay, what if they start off the season not doing well with Zach Levine balling out even? Levine. And they're like, Levine. <laughs> and they're like, listen, we'll throw you in um, Zach Lev- Levine for uh, Kimball Walker. Right. Maybe other a couple other assets. Maybe the Celtics have to trade someone like Grant Williams or they have to trade someone like Robert Williams or um, Aaron Baines. Like they have to throw in one of their bigs to be able to bolstered Chicago's well a good move for them I feel like would be to trade for Thaddeus Young and um Zach Levine or do you trade for James Harden and you send away Brown and Kimba no I wouldn't do that if I was Boston I would want I want Brown over Harden in the long term timeline wise with Tatum is better fit than Harden way would be. better Harden yeah. would not be. I know. I personally, I don't like seeing Harden. I wouldn't like seeing Harden in Boston. And I keep hearing people throw around a Harden to Boston trade. And I'm just, I don't, I don't like that fit at all. But I just had to throw it in there for the sake of seeing what you thought about it. It would be fun to hear Bill Simmons absolutely start raving about <laughs> James Harden now, because that's exactly what would go down. Everybody would be like, all right. And then Bill Simmons would be like, well, we've always known that James Harden was one of the best shooters and best scorers in NBA history. We were just all too afraid to say it up until this point. Man, you know? you're harsh on like, Bill, wait. dude. I used to like him, but now he's just a shell of himself and it's sad. Damn. Sorry, Bill. You can't be my Damn. uncle anymore. Like, ouch. We're coming for a spot anyway, so. Yeah, exactly. Whatever, dude. <laughs> uh, well, the future is now, old man. Yeah. You're old news, pal. And number five, I had Miami. Um, and I already laid out my questions with them. I guess one thing I didn't t- touch on was like uh, whether or not Jimmy peaked last season. Did he peak last season? Yes. Was what he did in the bubble, was that his peak? I think so too. So that's also why I have them just pretty much maintaining at the five seed. But I think he can 
reciprocate 80% of that peak at least this season. Yeah, but... Which is still pretty damn good for them. That was a peak that fell short and didn't win you a championship. So like 80% of that peak is definitely and not going to win you a championship. I don't think Jimmy's the player that's going to be like, I reached my peak last season and this season I just shouldn't go as hard. No, no, he's going to keep going hard. I'm right. not. He's going to keep going hard for at least the remainder of his deal with Miami for sure. I think he has that in him. But like in terms of his ceiling, like he just hit his ceiling. Yeah. So you're going to have to do something else with this team in order to take you over that hump. So Bam taking a step forward could be that thing that takes you over the hump. Tyler Harrow yeah. taking a step forward yeah. could be that piece that takes you over the hump. Trading for James Harden could be that piece that takes you over the hump. But I just, I really think with this core, they've reached their peak personally. I hope not because I like the Butler, Dragic, Adebayo, Harrow pair. Dragic though, man, he's old. He's going to be 36 now. He hurt himself bad I think he in the has, bubble. He has one more. He probably has one more good run in him. One more decent playoff run if he can yeah. stay healthy through through the season. I think he's got a decent playoff run in him. I mean, he was their second best amazing player. <laughs> he was pretty much their second best player in the bubble. Yeah, I know. And it really sucked to see him go out against the Bucks and then subsequently the Lakers. So that really changed everything for the Heat. But I mean, the Heat were still extremely competitive. Yeah. They also have Kendrick Nunn, too. Well, they just... Kendrick Nunn's a great piece. They competed higher than anyone ever expected them. Kendrick Nunn is a good piece. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I just... We'll see, but I haven't met the five seed. I feel pretty confident about that. I mean, I feel like they, I think their absolute ceiling would be the four seed. I don't see them even moving into the top three. Absolute ceiling for them is their four. Who do you have at number four? Number four is Toronto for me. And I'm a bit more high on them because I love their core so much. And I think they have a similar identity to the heat where they're all kind of bought in on defense. And, but they got continuity too. There's, yeah, they definitely do. I mean, the Raptors have extreme continuity. I mean, they lost Ibaka. I feel like they lost Ronde Hellas Jefferson, who might be a minor asset for them because I feel like an athletic player, athletic player that can, you know, get good rebounds and stuff and play at least some defense. In terms of your boys who really won the championship, fit in with the Raptors. yeah, like Fred, Kyle, Pascal, like those those boys are still running off the high of that chip. So. Yeah, exactly, and they should be. Yeah, because they. They worked for it. You can't say that they didn't. And Undeniably, um, yeah. I mean, they're just... I feel like they're still going to be a pretty good team. I feel like what you said, the six seed is their floor, but the four seed is their peak. Right. That's what their like their highest level is going to be, is reaching the six seed. And that's... Or, uh, the four seed. The four seed, yeah. Right. And that's pretty How good How I was them. saying I mean, Miami, the, their peak would be the four seed. You're thinking the same thing with Toronto. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I could see them. I ha- I had them a little bit lower than that, but I could. I think I mentioned I could see them exceeding those expectations. Uh, did you have any other thoughts on Toronto? There, we get a Toronto and Boston first round. <laughs> That's hefty, right there. That is. Uh, we saw that in the semifinals Whew. last year. Yep. Or yeah, this past season. Um, number four, I had Philadelphia. I like Philadelphia at number four, personally. Um, I think they figure it out somehow with Maury. I think Maury's just going to clean up their issues in terms of roster. I think he's going to really be able to figure out what pieces they need to put in around Ben Simmons or Joel Embiid or whether or not you need to move one of those guys. And I personally always lean to the fact that you would move Simmons over Embiid because I think Embiid's a generational basketball player that you want to hang on to in my opinion. Um, But nonetheless, he's continued to say that they're going to at least try and see what this looks like with shooting surrounding these two guys. Um, I think pulling in Curry and Danny green were nice picks. Uh, It's a solid move. You get rid of Horford, you get off that money. Um, Hopefully cleans up some room for uh, Embiid. Cause that was just like, that was an issue having it. Horford and Embiid on the floor at the oh, same yeah, time. That was just definitely. ugly. Uh, hopefully to- Tobias Harris can uh, step up playing with playing for Doc now. Apparently, like he played his best ball under Doc Rivers. And, uh, yeah, that's what Clippers, got, has so. basically got him paid for this last contract for the Philadelphia 76ers. Ramped up his he stock. showed that potential in the 2017-18 season where he was he really was balling out for them. and Right. He had a pretty good season. I don't know if... I can't remember if he got traded that season or if it was... I'm pretty sure it was the season after where he got shipped to... Shipped to yeah, Philly. he went to Philadelphia straight from there. I think he's a but pretty yeah. good... I think he's a pretty good player. I think he's gonna... 
I think he's going to do good this season. Um, I love Seth Curry on that team, though. I really yeah, do. he's going to be a real asset for them. They right. added a pretty good amount of three-point shooting. That they dude is going to be too. shooting lights out. Like mm-hmm. He's in a great system right now with Ben Simmons' passing ability and ability to find you on the floor. Like, good God, like him and Curry together is going to be fun on the floor. Yeah. Uh, but again, if you can trade Ben Simmons for James Harden, you do it. <laughs> yeah. In my opinion, you do that. Uh, uh, a pick and roll of Embiid and Harden just sounds absolutely scary to me. Um, I don't know. I just, I would personally move Simmons um, if it doesn't go well. Uh, but hey, maybe it does really go well. I mean, I have them at the four seed whether or not Simmons stays or whether or not they move him. Right. I still have them at the four seed. So I don't think they change from that point for me. Um, who'd you have at three? Three is Philadelphia for me. Okay. I think they're going to be as high as the three seed this year with their change in owner or not ownership, but in basically just leadership. That's with, their ceiling you know, though, right? What did you say? You don't, oh yeah, definitely. I don't see them breaking That's into their, the top two. No, no, but, I think this is the year we're going to kind of see Philadelphia get a return to form and make it back to the Eastern Conference. I hope so. (laughs) I am kind of banking on the fact that there's going to be either Brooklyn versus Miami or Philadelphia in the Eastern Conference Finals. And that's what it's going to come down to. I could see that. I could see that. And I think Brooklyn and Boston are going to meet in the semifinals before that which is unfortunate because i'd rather see both of them i'd rather see them face off in the uh western conference finals personally true the brooklyn boston series is going to be entertaining nonetheless that's going to be really entertaining uh did you have any other thoughts on philly not really i mean i it's just wait and see for them right now because you know they have a lot of question marks regarding how fit is going to really you know they were work for they them. were seated around the four last year weren't they they were the well, fifth Indiana or sixth was, seed, I'm pretty sure. Indiana was a four seed, but I mean, they were in the mix, though, for sure. Um, they definitely got swept by Boston in the yeah, playoffs it was, and looked well, pretty embarrassing oh, in the bubble. Well, they, yeah, they were ugly in the bubble, without a doubt. Um, we can go ahead and move on, though. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and take a hot take here, if you don't mind. Uh, I have the Milwaukee Bucks at the three seed, buddy. Yikes. Yeah. Now, that's a fall there because... Yeah. They've been in the one seed, what, the last two seasons? Uh-huh. They've been the one seed in the Eastern Conference for the last uh, two seasons, uh, dominating the regular seasons. Uh, I personally think their bench lost so much depth. With, we already talked about this in the little uh, opening segment we did. I think their bench lost so much depth. That's why they're going to take a hit in the regular season. And that's also why I think they're going to take a hit in the playoffs once again. Like, I just don't think they have the pieces they need around this dude to make it really work. Like, Drew Holiday... Is that really going to elevate you? Somewhat, yeah, but not to the level that they want. Right. They're expecting to compete at, I feel like. No, I I don't think at all. Because how far did the Drew Holiday, Anthony Davis experience get them against elite teams in uh, New Orleans? It never did. They never got past the Warriors. They didn't get past the second round. They had that one playoff run with him and Davis. That was deep. Well, they beat Portland, didn't they? They beat Portland in a sweep. Yeah. And then they went to the next round against... uh, Golden State with KD and it was just it was nothing. Yeah, that was 2017. Which you can't really fault anyone for listening to that team. Yeah, (laughs) I know exactly. Yeah, it's so tough to fault anyone for that. Uh, Yeah, I just I I don't have faith in this team, dude. I don't have faith in Bud. I really don't have that much faith in Giannis. And now with Brooklyn in the mix, and with my expectations of Boston for this season, I just see Milwaukee falling, dude. I got them at the three seed. It sucks, but it is what it is. <laughs> I mean, boo-hoo, though. They fall to the three seed. You're still pretty damn good. Oh, yeah. NBA team. Yeah, and you're in the postseason, so it really doesn't matter at that yeah, point. exactly. Um, we can hop into these top two, though. Top two seeds. Who do you got at number two? Milwaukee. I actually just changed it about five minutes ago. Really? Because, like we had said before, we recorded this podcast before, and I had them at the one seed and had a reasonable argument for them, I guess. But within the last five minutes, I've just been sitting here thinking about Brooklyn and how good they are. Yeah. They're going to be a better regular season team than Milwaukee is, and they're going to find themselves looking down at the rest of the Eastern Conference. Yeah, I agree. So I had Boston at two. Um, I already Boston shared. at two? Yeah. 
What? I got Jason Tatum having an uh, being a top three MVP candidate this season, buddy. Damn, is that a hot take? Because I, it, I kind of am supremely surprised by that. I don't a top three MVP caliber season. Listen, and I don't even want them to do that. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> like, I don't really like this team. It's not even that I want them to see them see them do this, but I think it's going to happen. I really think Jason Tatum is easily going to be top five MVP candidate, if not top three. I think his ceiling for this year could be a top three MVP candidate. And I just think he's going to go off. I think Brown's going to keep progressing. I yeah. think they're going to move Kemba and figure out the issues there. Or maybe Kemba comes through for them. I just, I, I see, think there's more likely that Kemba comes through at least in a moderate way. Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. 100%. I, f- I feel like that's fair. M- more likely to happen. Um, but yeah, I, I, I'm confident with them at the two seed, honestly. Right. I don't think their bench got hurt too bad. How many points per game do you think Tatum's going to be at this year? <sighs> if he's looking at top three MVP candidate, I say you're leaning on 28, 29 points. You game. have to be in that 30, 30 point range. You got to exactly. be right around there. I would say 28.5. Let's see what he had last season here real quick. 23.4. So he'll be increasing his points per game by five. Now that's a step. I could see sure. it happening. Jalen Brown is hitting his stride. He was second with 20.3. Both of those guys could take a step. Jalen Brown could go up to 23, 24 a game. And like you said, Jason Tatum, I think he has that superstar ability too. That's what I He's mean. He's going to be a smaller version of KD almost. His he, he is a scary good basketball player. Yeah. And with the experience now that he has for postseasons at this young of an age, like that's scary. We've talked about that before. Have you heard the rumors that Brad Stevens even said himself? Said that Jason Tatum grew to six foot ten this offseason. So he grew an inch? He grew an inch. That's scary. Six foot ten. That's scary. He has guard skills, major guard skills. Got, he's got a handle. He can pass. He can shoot. Like get to the basket. Yeah. He can dunk. Like, I don't like that organization overall. Like, I don't like that team. But All I like right, Tatum. I like yeah. Tatum. I really do. And I don't know. I have really high expectations for him. And I hope he comes through for me, or I'm gonna look like a real idiot having them at the two seed saying he's That's a, a top, bold pick. Saying though, he's a top a three MVP. Pick, though. Yeah. It's a believable pick. And I think him being a top three MVP candidate is a believable pick, too. He's that good. Like top five for sure. Yeah. Um, but we have the same one seed now then, don't we? Yes, we might as well. Them Brooklyn boys. Exactly. (laughs) Um, Dude, they're going to be so much fun to watch. I was explaining to you earlier about that hesitation move that Kyrie had in the preseason where you just looked at him and you were like, he's going to score. And he's absolutely not going to miss this shot, even though the defender is right in his face. Mm -hmm. I mean, granted... This can't be a serious opinion yet, but when the Nets were playing in the preseason, they were pretty, they were playing pretty formless offense. Yeah. Like they were out just basically, everybody was getting great ISO looks mm-hmm. and getting to the basket with ease. And they were just playing. Harris Levert was a walking bucket. Exactly. I actually have some, uh, had stats from him. 19 points per game, four rebounds, four assists. Shot 42.5% from the field, 36.4% from the three, 71% from the free throw. He had a 51-point game. 73% though? Yeah, 71% from the three throw. Had a 51-point game against uh, Boston last year. Like, the dude's a walking bucket. And he he was scary good in the bubble. Scary good. KD is looking like he hasn't lost a step. I mean, granted, again, it was the preseason, but right, looked like he was right back at it. Like him and Kyrie together is just so deadly. It is so deadly. Like it they is. they are undeniably my one seed. Barring neither of them gets injured. Like I think there is question marks on this team as far as defense goes, but I think they're going to be capable enough to defend. Like when you got a seven foot guy like Kevin Durant on the floor, like your defense is going to be all right for the most part. Jared Allen, I feel like is a um, competent defender. Um, oh yeah. I think he's a decent shot blocker if I remember correctly. Um, Joe Harris is a wonderful piece. Um, they re-signed him. They brought him back. He's lights out from three. That's just a really entertaining group. I think the biggest question mark for me is what happens with Spencer Din- Dinwiddie and Karis LeVert. Uh, we can dive I think they more. Stick around. No, I think they stick around too. But like, what's what's their role going to be now? Um, are they going to slide into that role? 
Um, I don't know. There, there is a few question marks there, but they are going to be really entertaining. Yeah, undoubtedly. Like, it's just going to be fun to watch. Like, if you're a basketball fan, whether you like KD or not, whether you like Kyrie or not, like, their off-court things are a whole nother conversation. Like, in terms of basketball, though. Pure talent. Dude, the guys are just amazing. And, like, all this stuff going around about Kyrie talking about the media, and, like, I don't really fault him for sending shots at the media. Like, some of these yeah, media yeah. people are stupid. Exactly, like, can we just yeah. call it as it is? Like, some of these people... But he does it in an equally rude way, and that kind of takes away from the seriousness of for sure. Calling people pawns. I mean, yeah, I get it. If you're mad at them, you want to belittle them, but like that kind of just makes you seem childish. But I know I like what you said about are you going to give this fine money to disenfranchised communities, though? Oh shit! That's I didn't know he said that. No, that was that was the 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 front half of the pawn comment because he came out and said the pawn comment after. after they fined him for saying that he wasn't going to talk to media at all. And then he came out and said that after he got fined, he said, well, I hope you're using this fine money for, cause it was like a $25,000 fine, like to help disenfranchise families from the pandemic and all this stuff. And then said, uh, and that's when he made the pawn comment. Like, and then oh, he turned shit. around and said, I don't talk to pawns. Like my attention is worth more than that. That was in quote. Damn. My attention is worth kind of told that. him off. <laughs> yeah. Like, and I, I'm, I'm, and he's focused. He's saying, I'm focused on basketball. There's nothing wrong with that. But suck it up, though, dude, and at least just walk into the interview. Like, you yeah, don't I have know. to be nice. I know. <laughs> you don't have to be nice, but at least suck it up. Like, it is what it is. But, like, they're going to be on Zoom calls, though. Like, that's annoying. Yeah. Like, I also no, don't blame him. Like, I, I 100% see both sides of it. I see the league's point, I see his point. Remember they did that after the bubble? They had the Zoom conferences between NBA and TNT and the guys like walking off to the side and putting the headphones on and it was just like, what? Yeah. It was, like, it, is this a cutscene from NBA 2K? It like, was dumb. I remember then, like holding the microphone like really far, like they had the long boom arm too. Like yeah. they always just looked dumb. Like Mike D'Antoni visibly got upset about it multiple times. <laughs> <laughs> it was hilarious. Zion even said like, uh, the, the first time Zion got interviewed down there, he was like, I don't know where to look at because like the microphone is like reached out like 10 feet away from a boom pole. And then the camera guy is like far away, like zoomed in really close to him. And he's like, I just, I don't know where he was talking to Rachel Nichols. <laughs> he's like, I don't know where to look. It reminded me of Ricky Bobby. Like, I, I don't know what to do with my hands. <laughs> or Zion. Yeah. It was funny though. Uh, but yeah, I mean that pretty much rounds it out for our uh, standings for the East. I did have one note that I forgot to mention on Philly Embiid was uh, interviewed there after their preseason game the other night. And this hyped me up, bro. Like, granted, he's talked shit about getting better in the past. So, like, oh, it's yeah. but like, he was talking about how he got a nutritionist and has been working really hard with this trainer and stuff. And he's got his diet figured out. And like, that's what we always like joke yeah. about is like him yeah. and milkshakes. And like, the dude's got a nutritionist now. Like, we always said, like, why doesn't he get a nutritionist and like pay for that and just put invest in his body like like right. LeBron has like invest right. in your body and I think he's doing it now and that excites the hell out of me because I would love for that guy to reach his potential and I just I forgot to mention that and that's another reason I have them where they were uh, is because I think Embiid's stepping up so I just wanted to touch back on that because props to you Joel that's that's awesome that you got a nutritionist proud of you man <laughs> I really am I hope to see him take that next level jump too where he's right. putting up 27 a game in he's the a general he's a generational player yeah he has that in him 100 percent uh and he's just fun he's fun to watch he's a funny guy but uh that pretty much does it is there anything else you wanted to mention before we roll out today Brooklyn's gonna win 58 games 58 to 72 games. Yep. 58 and 14. Barring COVID and injury issues. Mm-hmm. Okay. 58 and 14. Wow. Hot. That's a probably a pretty bold take there, that's but yeah, I feel like that's how take. they're going to be. That's a hot take. Uh, but we appreciate any and all listeners. Any and all listeners. <laughs> We're watching you on our download analytics and we appreciate you guys. <laughs> We're watching daily and uh, we're seeing some daily activity, which is uh, reassuring and we really do appreciate you guys. So keep it up, download, share, enjoy. We're on social media. And promote. Uh, and promote. Just tell your friends. Uh, we're on uh, Instagram and Twitter. We got our links in uh, each episode's bio. So uh, always remember to follow us on social media. And uh, that's it. That's it. Thank you, guys. See ya. <laughs>